blessings and welcome to Hope, helping other people evolve through spiritual wellness with hope. As always, I am Hope. This evening, I have the honorable pleasure of having my brother Michael here, and he's going to tell you a little bit about his journey to the Lord. Welcome, my brother. Thanks for having me, Hope. Oh, it is my humble pleasure. Please share with the brothers and sisters all around the world your journey. How'd you find the Lord? What's it like? Where'd you come from? As much as you want to share, brother. So, grew up in Dorchester, not far from uh, where we are, actually around the corner, and um, very familiar with the um, neighborhood. I was um, probably started living here at about the age of four, and my parents are from, were from the South, in fact, and uh, came to Boston in 1956, had my brother in 57, and I was born in 67. And so I recall going to a church in the South End, and I don't know if it was Peoples or Concord or which one it was, but I was in Sunday school and heard about Jesus, but I never really recall anyone inviting me to know Christ. And so as I was growing up in this neighborhood, there were uh, some of my friends that were attending uh, the local churches. One, in fact, is the Greenwood Methodist Church on Washington Street. I recall um, going there with my landlord's children and um, the church up in Codman Square, uh, the white church, as we used to call it, with my good childhood friend. Um, but what was really um, pivotal for me um, when I was in middle school, uh, I went to the Oliver Wendell Holmes, which is now uh, the elementary school. I, um, I took the exam for Latin Academy and I got accepted and spent a couple of years up in Codman Square and we had uh, some problems with the boilers and we had to uh, relocate to Fenway Park. And so upon doing that, I was probably in the eighth grade and I considered myself a, a Casanova. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the school was really small and I had uh, a couple of different girlfriends. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> I was getting myself in trouble. And so early um, in that process, there was one particular young lady that I was dating and one of her friends uh, liked me and we went, um, we had met on um, a particular Sunday evening. In fact, her, um, her aunt's boyfriend owned um, and operated the store right at Four Corners. Uh, i never forget that gentleman. Duell was his name. <laughs> and uh, I was leaving um, her apartment, and I, I walked out. She was in Hyde Park. I walked out to uh, River Street uh, to wait for the bus, and 
a woman pulled up in her vehicle. She was an African-American woman. And she said to me, you need a ride. And I thought to myself and said to her, I don't need a ride. (laughs) My mother told me never to ride with strangers. Of course, she had never told me that. She said, don't talk to strangers. So she says, oh, no, I'm not a stranger. Mm. You need a ride. Okay. And I got this overwhelming feeling of, of peace. Okay. So I got in the vehicle. Now, wow. it's not something that I would do today or even recommend it. But I got in the vehicle and she said to me, where do you live? And my response was, I'm going to Mattapan Station. And she said, that's not what I asked you. Wow. I asked you, where do you live? So I told her, I says, well, I live at Seven Harvard Park. She ministered to me all the way home. From High Park. From High Park <laughs> all the way to That's Four Corners. Way. And when she parked at the end of my street, which was the dead end, mm-hmm. she asked me if I would like to invite Jesus into my heart. Ooh. And wow. I said yes. Wow. Now... I didn't tell my parents what had transpired. What she uh, said to me, and I don't know whether this woman was an angel or who she was, but what she told me was that she belonged to Holy Tabernacle, Mm. which ironically was not far from where I lived, just down the street, Washington and Columbia Road um, area. And so she told me that they had an evening service on Sundays and uh, that she was going to link me up with, you know, someone to come alongside me. And so uh, it wasn't, I think it wasn't until the following Sunday that I actually went. But in the meantime, I went back to school. Praise God. And of course, Mm -hmm. I had to tell all my boys that I was no longer living the life that I had been living. I was a Christian now. Wow. And that they needed to be Christians as well. (laughs) So you can only imagine what happened. Yeah. They ridiculed me. (laughs) They they snickered. And one actually, after they stopped laughing, one said, Okay, pastor, give us a sermon. Wow. So... Did you give him a sermon? I didn't give him a sermon, but I was pretty upset. But I I maintained my cool and I was um, behaving myself for a a short period of time. So at that point, I was I was fearful of God. I was reading the Bible, but I I kind of treated it as if God was going to come that night. You know, Jesus is coming back to save the world. Um, So I was living and telling people, you know, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. So I was probably more obnoxious and repulsive, right? (laughs) And so, so I, um, I slowly pulled away from my friends for a little while. But on the on the church side of the house, because I really wasn't, um, hungry enough, and I really didn't know what to do, this gentleman that was supposed to be 
sort of guiding me through my my new Christian journey, I think he just gave up on me. Oh wow. And so it was really short lived. I I think I, I had only gone to those evening services. I don't know if I went to any of the uh, the Sunday morning services. Okay. And so probably within about 90 days or so, I was back to, you know, getting high and, um, you know, um, being promiscuous. And uh, um, I actually was smoking cocaine when um, I graduated from Latin Academy. Um, I was working two jobs, seven days a week, and I joined the military uh, right after high school. Um, because, well, I graduated in 86. I got kept back one year because I wasn't used to the rigors of, you know, college um, prep school. So I actually took um, a couple of years after um, I graduated and I was working full time. And I subsequently uh, joined the military. And my my journey was was short-lived in um, my addiction because the cocaine took me to my knees. I was homeless, I was jobless, um, practically penniless, and I had three people that uh, were instrumental in my my recovery, my uh, return to... Um, to the Lord because I really was like the prodigal son. Yes. And so one was my um, my chaplain in the army. The other was my um, first sergeant. And the last was my unit um, supply sergeant. And so the three of them uh, really rallied around me and um, gave me the support that I needed. And I, um, I went for treatment. Um, I started um, going to, um, you know, 12-step meetings, and I returned to what I knew to be true. Praise God. And so um, now my mom, she was significantly um, instrumental in my journey. She was my biggest cheerleader. Um, all of the heartache and pain that I, that I put her through during that, that time period um, allowed me to to see what was happening and she actually gave me a uh, recovery devotional bible with the scriptures and the 12 steps hand in hand so uh what i decided to do as i was going to meetings and i had returned to um to church i knew that i couldn't separate them and what i found is that uh, there are people in the church mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, what, what some deem as holy rollers, mm-hmm. and they'll say, well, all you need is Jesus. Right. Well, that's true, but no man is an island. Amen. No woman is an island. Amen. And we need the body of Christ, yes. and we need to uh, exercise our, our God-given gifts, right? We need to... Uh, Serve, and we need to uh, allow people to serve us. Amen. And so, 
I kept my recovery and my my walk with the Lord hand in hand. And for a while, I um, I was at the uh, the Marcus Garvey Center. Uh, there used to be a church there called uh, the Church of the United Community. Graylin Hagler was the uh, the pastor. He had actually uh, did a run for uh, the mayor. Um, position in Boston here. And um, my mom, again, uh, told me that I should join 12th Baptist Church. And so um, I subsequently uh, left the uh, Church of the United Community and uh, started attending 12th Baptist, where um, Dr. Haynes was you know, uh, a significant role model for me in my uh, Christian journey. And just so happened, um, my chaplain, um, Arlene Grant, Dr. Grant, as he called her, uh, she was the minister of visitation, my army chaplain. So I was blessed in that, in that way. And, um, you know, I, I started, you know, getting actively involved in ministry um, particularly with with men, yes. um, with um, you know couples, and um, the uh, the recovery community, and so um, I had the opportunity to uh, be a um, a trustee and financial officer. I was at Twelfth uh, Baptist for about nine years before I um, I left there. With um, with my ex-wife, um, now I'm at um, I'm at Life Church with um, pastors uh, Rockland and Eva Eva Clark, and um, it's a small, intimate, um, you know, Bible teaching, Bible preaching church, rich in um, community and fellowship and worship. Um, so. Um, working on um, com- more community engagement okay. and um, what's um, what's really been um, near and dear to me is um, you know financial freedom yes. and um, you know economic development and so um, God birthed in me from from childhood. Um, you know, being um, an entrepreneur, and I'll and I'll say this: I I had the I had the fortune to, um, you know, once I got into recovery, to go back to um, you know the school, to um, go to nursing school. I'm I'm currently a nurse, um, practicing um, occupational health, and um, I retired from the army, and um, I launched a, um, a Christian life coaching and mentoring uh, business in which um, I focus on financial coaching, health and wellness coaching, and addiction and recovery coaching. Nice. So those are three areas of significant need for, uh, you know, for people of color and minorities uh, to really understand what it means to um, work towards financial freedom, number one, and then um, financial literacy. Yes. You know, um, and 
you know, pursuing multiple streams of income. Yes. You know, and you you know about that. I do. You know, <laughs> zero um, entrepreneur. <laughs> so. So how do you incorporate your faith into all of that? Well, that's a good question. So, I I've learned over the years that uh, it's important for me to love people where they are. Yes. Right. As I as I was sharing with you earlier, you know, because you because you were my friend, I needed to tell you yes. that you needed Jesus, and it was it was imposing. Now, um, I don't. I don't necessarily um, use the language, depending on you know the the person uh, with whom I'm engaging. Yes. You know, I'll I'll tailor my words, you know, and let my actions speak and demonstrate my faith, and then I listen, you know, for the Holy Spirit Amen. to to tell me you know, um, how to speak and how to approach people versus me jumping ahead in sort of my natural sense and saying, hey! Yeah, and we get that desire when we have that fire. We get that desire, hey, everybody needs to know the Lord. So I definitely understand that. How can someone in the Massachusetts area reach you and get your services? Or do you offer them also like through the internet so that it reaches many people. Because right. I know you you desire, you're like me, we desire to reach, reach many for the Lord. So how do you, right. how, do, how do people reach you? So um, there's a there's a couple of ways. I'm, I'm working with, um, so there's a, um, there's a sister who, um, who started a, um, she's a marketer and um, she does, um, a small business buffet every um, fourth Wednesday of the month in in Cambridge at the um, at the Marriott and uh, the Champions um, Function Room, I would call it. Um, I'm going to be working closely with her to get my um, my web presence, but in the meantime. I have, um, you know, I can be reached through my, um, you know, by email, which is um, jacobsmk3 at gmail.com or um, a simple phone call to me, 617-839-6922. So um, I provide the, um, the coaching as well as I, I have a part-time uh, project uh, a couple of part-time projects that I'm doing. One is around financial services that fit well with the financial coaching, yeah. and then um, have uh, some business associates in which we're doing some internet um, consumer product um, marketing and distribution. So um, those are some uh, some exciting. Um, opportunities that um, are available to work with families um, as clients and also provide um, entrepreneurial uh, opportunities. Praise God. Praise God. What advice would you give to a new believer on a journey and on fire and wanted to scream at people, you need to know Jesus? What advice would you give them, uh, our sisters and brothers that are trying to find their way, excited about the Lord, want everybody to know, but as you know, 
there's a certain way and a certain process to do it. So what advice would you give them? So I would suggest um, first build a relationship with people um, because when we build relationships, we become more credible and um, people will be open to uh, what we have to say. So it's it's really um, critical to establish rapport before sort of preaching or um, imposing or being, um, you know, so outspoken about their faith because people love to uh, be the center of attention. So when we focus on them and just simply love on them, meet them where they are, um, they'll they'll understand. They it may it may take time, but one one pastor said this to me, and I think it's really important. Don't make people projects, mm, you know, right. because they usually can pick up on that. Right. Right. So just love them, um, hang out with them um, and get to know who they are. And then when people see Christ in us, yes. that's what will be most attractive to them. Yes. Amen. Amen. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Um, I would just say that I'm I'm glad that you have this this platform to uh, to reach people and to uh, let them know that the love of Jesus is ever present and available and that you know it's it's wonderful to to be part of the family of God yes. and 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 learn that he does as my as my friend we were talking earlier my friend um, Al says you know he does the heavy lifting yes yes he so. does nothing better than that may I ask you to please wrap us up in a prayer sure our father in heaven we just want to thank you for um, this opportunity and we we pray that those that have the opportunity to listen to this um, this ministerial podcast, yes. that it would touch lives all around the globe. Yes. Um, I pray for my sister Hope that you will um, you will bless her in ways in which she uh, can't even imagine or consider um, that she would recognize as a child of yours that she's doing your work, that she's touching lives, that um, she's doing your will. Give her um, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and the grace to um, carry on these important messages um, to the people that she encounters on a daily basis. We just thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. It is done. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us here on Hope, helping other people evolve through spiritual wellness. As always, I am Hope. I love you. I believe in you. Have a miraculous day.